and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, and I'm here with my co-host, Chaz Fields. And Julie, before we get into it, our listeners know what we're going to do. We're going to go into what made us smile. We're going to talk about the business stat of the day and talk about what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, we have to say thank you. It has been incredible with the overwhelming support that we've had up to this point. We hope that continues, but thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our subscribers. It's been incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, Julie, I'm off of my soapbox, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Tell me what made you smile today. <laughs> what made me smile today? Well, I was going to ask you first, Chaz. What made you smile today? Oh, well, that's true. You did take the lead. So I did. Uh, you know what made me smile today? We are slowly, slowly, but surely getting back to travel. And you and I, after 16 long months, got to go on a work trip and I got to see you. I got to hug your neck. It was so <laughs> good to see you in person. We had a great time, but I, I really was grateful for that. And we got to play a little golf, which was pretty cool. So it, it was cool. <laughs> what made you smile, Jules? Yeah. Well, it was, <clears throat> you know, same thing. I mean, you know, I was really happy to see you. And of course, what's not so, to love? <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. And I think I'm not sure if you've gotten taller or if I've gotten shorter. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's nice to know that things are opening up and we're getting back to being on the road, which, by the way, if you're watching us on video, uh, that's why my background is different. I'm, I'm actually at the beach, Chaz. We love our <laughs> listeners so much that we record episodes even when we're on vacation. You're, so. you're taking one for the team, right, Julie? You're I, really, really I certainly am. I certainly am. I wanted to record this with the beach in the background, but I thought that it would be a little bit windy and, and you know, people really wouldn't like to hear the audio for yeah, that. So yeah. I'm here in the beautiful uh, Outer Banks of North Carolina in a town awesome. called Southern Shores. And we've had great weather and I've gotten to do some real relaxing, play some more golf. Love it. Which wasn't so relaxing when I hit bad shots, but still. <laughs> and awesome. speaking of fun, Chaz, how's that for a segue? Let's have some fun talking HR. Yeah. Kick us off. <laughs> Julie, bonus, bonus episode today, right? So this is hot off the press. This is new stuff, the latest research that came out from the Workforce Institute, and we just had to talk about it. So like every episode, we're going to talk about the business stat of the day. Julie, are you ready? I'm, I'm, couldn't be more ready, Chess. <laughs> Good. You, we have no choice, right? No, I'm kidding. Well. <laughs> All right. So, the 2021 Voice of the Blue Collar Worker Survey, the nation's largest and longest running survey of hourly workers conducted by EmployBridge, asked about 15,700 workers, uh, hourly workers. We'll just round up. We'll call it 16,000 because we can, right? What is the top reason you stayed with a company? the longest, okay? And for the first time ever in 2021, schedule is the top retention factor for employees. 22% of frontline hourly workers said, I stayed because I like my work schedule. You ready for this? In fact, schedules are apparently more of a reason to stay with a company than good company culture, which was at 15%. Consistent pay increases, which is at 13%, and then location of the worksite, 10%, promotions and coworkers, both around 8%, or having a good supervisor or boss at 7%. So Julie, scheduling is 
majorly impacting the yeah. hourly workforce. What do you think? I think that's a really, really interesting stat, but not super surprising to me because time obviously is important. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have the time that I need to do what I want to do in my life, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be more productive. I'm going to be yeah. more loyal as an employee. I think what this does is it goes to show us, we've known this though, money really truly isn't yep. everything when it comes to employment. So That's right. That's right. It goes back to the last episode we talked about with, with remote work in episode two, where it we, we talk a little bit about hybrid and flexible scheduling. And I think about it from the perspective of being able to drop a shift or pick up a shift because we have a, a sick family member, sick kid, it doesn't matter the situation, right? But having that flexibility and and being able to rely upon a schedule and know that my work is going to be picked up if I have to take some time or vice versa, that's pretty, pretty incredible. So uh, kind of shocking, honestly, for me from an hourly worker perspective, and I work a lot with those folks, but uh, I thought it was a pretty impressive stat. Yeah, I think also we have to look at the ease of doing those things, right? Yeah. How e how easy is it for folks to mm -hmm. actually swap a shift? How easy is it for them to change their schedule based upon mm -hmm. what's going on in their lives? Mm -hmm. And I think that I would imagine that, you know, the folks who um, say that their schedule is the top retention factor for them or the reason they stayed, they probably have an easy way to do those things. And Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do this, Julie. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. So we're calling this episode, the bonus episode, the herd or the herd knots. Now yeah, I feel, Chaz, I feel like with the bonus episode, we should have like some sort of trumpet in the background. Right. I don't know. Like, know? Some, like an Uzela in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. It'd be so cool. Do, 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 do. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, something. Um, but here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to talk about three very specific workplace stats. And you can take these today. But more importantly, we're going to give you a way to plan and execute on these stats. Now, a little bit of background on this research. Uh, what we did was we surveyed at the global level, 11 countries. And we're going to call this, again, this episode is the herd or the herd knots. Julie, are you ready? I am ready, but this just is. want to say that it was the Workforce Institute that did this. That's a we good point. Didn't, we, we didn't serve it. Yeah, we, are we don't have that kind of we are time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so this is all about employee voice. Stat number one, 86% of employees feel people at their workplace are not heard fairly or equally. So what we found is even when employees feel their voice is heard, they don't see the tangible impact it makes on workplace processes or programs. Wow, that's heavy, Julie. What do we do? How do we avoid this? Yeah, that's a huge number. How do we avoid this? Uh, I would say maybe it's not all unavoidable, Chaz, but I think what we need to do is we make to we have to make sure that employees feel like they can actually go to someone to have conversations when mm -hmm. they have feedback to provide. Yeah. I think about the worker on the day one when it comes to onboarding, right? So so typically in onboarding, we get caught up in the process more than we actually do the experience. And I know we talk a lot about employee experience, but I, I really think about day one experience a lot. And as we've consulted with organizations, we think about 
who do I go to? Who's my team members? Is someone going to greet me? Do I know where the HR office even is? Or did I talk to somebody from human resources or whatever that looks like, right? A lot of those things actually are avoidable in the sense of that negative experience, right? We can we can plan that out and schedule it and make sure that we hit all of those targets. But there are things that are unavoidable and, and it, it's hard to please everybody, essentially. Yeah, I think an interesting question, you know, you bring up onboarding. Mm-hmm. Where do employees go to give feedback on onboarding? <laughs> you know what? I bet we addressed some of this and how to do it a little bit later this episode, but you, you hit me with one real quick. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, very, these are just questions that I think about. I mean, there, there's so many intricacies to HR, Chaz. You know oh, that. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a diverse role for sure. Ab- absolutely. And so many things that we have to think about. Yeah. The next piece of this statistic, now this is a sub-statistic, not a main point, is that 40% of employees don't feel their feedback leads to actionable change. So Julie, if it's not, <laughs> if it's not leading to actionable change, you know, what's the point? What's up? What's up with that? Yeah. I mean, therein lies the real problem. Are you, why are you asking for feedback if you're not going to utilize that feedback to create actionable change? I think that we need to really look at the reason that we're asking for the feedback in the first place. So. Yeah. One of the challenges I always, I was help with organizations. I have yet to find somebody that won't give their opinion on something. If you ask or press a little bit, the reality of it is we have to do something with it. Otherwise people are just waiting, right? And and how many of us really enjoy in today's society waiting? I, I'll be the first <laughs> to tell you, I don't. Like, I, I, don't. I, don't, I don't like yeah. waiting either. I mean, <laughs> I, I use this example all the time, but in the age where you can buy something that costs thousands of dollars with the <laughs> click of one button on your phone, mm-hmm. we don't want to wait. That's right. We've been conditioned. Our consumerism has conditioned us to not want to wait. Yeah, it's it's unlearning that learned behavior is really what it is. We have yeah. to, you know, and and recognizing that even when and and this is on the employee too to some degree is recognizing that when you give feedback, things just don't change overnight. We we can't have that expectation as leaders or as, as regular employees. So that's probably a great segue right there, Julie, for you. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Jeez. We're getting good at these segue yeah. things. You know? Maybe. <laughs> um, so essential workers, let's talk about that. This one's for you. So one in three workers feel more heard than they did at the start of 2020, but the same one out of three really feel like they can express their views and suggestions with managers. So that's one out of three that feel that they can. The question that I have is, how do we make this better for the other 66%? Oh, Julie, I'm going to answer this one. Okay. All right. This is all right. this is something I'm passionate about. We all know that I'm the, the change guy, change practitioner. And, and how many times have we discussed communication? And it seems like every meeting, right? But I think the big piece is actively listening. Okay. Now, everybody's like, well, I know what active listening is. Well, how many of you actually practice it? Do you know? the steps to actively listen? I don't. I do. So great. Okay. This is perfect. So so more importantly, we need to understand it, but then we have to teach it, right? We have yeah. to teach managers. We have to teach employees. We have to teach those around us to talk about it. And it's, it's really, really, really simple, Julie. We have to pay attention. Okay. When you and I have a conversation, I need to be looking at you. Eye contact, right? I, I look at posture. Okay. 
Think about when you're in an interview. You're you're managing all of these things when you're in your first interview for a new job, and you you know you're going into it practiced and rehearsed, right? So you you know sit up tall, pay attention, eye contact, posture. The other key of this is no distractions. Okay, when I am having a conversation, I am here with you. It's we use the term undivided attention all the time, right? We also have to take our part and ask questions. Okay, so when you are talking to me and vice versa, taking the time to say, hey, could you tell me a little bit more about that? What are you experiencing? What are you feeling? How is that impacting your work to make sure that you know that I'm engaged and vice versa? And what that does is it creates a level of trust and confidence in your conversation. And then probably the the last two and, and most important steps that you really can't do without doing the others is let's summarize. Okay, let's have let's recap, you know, the the cliff note version. Hey, just to make sure this is what you said, this is what I need to do. And and these are the points that you're trying to make. Great. Got it. And then the last piece, go do something like actually follow through with it. Take action. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I remember when I was an HR practitioner, that is something that I learned over my years Mm -hmm. speaking to employees when I'd have tough conversations with employees or they came to me to discuss something at the end of my conversations, I would summarize it. And I would mm -hmm. say, so this is what I'm hearing from you. Sure. And what happens then is it makes them know that they were heard. And if I got something wrong, it gives them the opportunity to clarify it. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's so important when we talk about communication, Chaz, and you mentioned this earlier, when we think of communication, so often we just think of the verbal aspect. We don't think of the listening part of it. That's right. That's right. I th we, we need to practice active listening. Yep. I mean, and not only us, you know, you have to, uh, HR and, and, and leadership, you have to train your managers on how That's to right. actively listen. It's so interesting, Julie, that you bring that up because it, Everyone gets caught in this situation where my opinion has to be heard. And, and the only way to do that is if I speak it. And one of the best, some of the best advice I had ever received in, in just growing up and is ask, 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 okay? Ask three times and then speak. Okay, so you are clarifying, and those are the things that you have to legitimately train your mind to do over the course of time to say, okay. Do I fully understand this person? Do I understand exactly where they're coming from? If not, let me clarify and then contribute. And I think that's huge because you are giving yourself such an advantage to say something more impactful or will help move the organization in the right direction versus up front in your face. I'm going to be the first to give my opinion. And Julie, we all know I'm a very opinionated person, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's also taking the time to hear what other people have to say and making sure that you understand where they're coming from. And that's where active listening is, is crucial. I hear you. And it's, this is the funniest thing, Chaz. I feel this right now. So this is where I need to improve. Sure. Because as you're talking, I'm like, I need, I need to talk. I need to say something. I need to say something. I need to say something. It's a podcast. Well, it's what we're supposed to do. We're I supposed know, to talk. I know. I know. But I should let you get your point out. Right. right? Uh, right. But but. In conversations, I think it's natural for us to want to think one step ahead. But mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to the workplace, we have to really be intentional 
about listening to our employees before we speak. That's right. So again, I don't feel like we're breaking any huge ground here, but these are things, these are intricacies that can make a humongous difference. Mm -hmm. Well, we forget about them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. In our everyday, we absolutely forget about them. Yeah. So let's, let's move on to the third stat, right? Yeah. Here's a big one, Julie, and this is probably one of my favorite out of the entire study, okay? So one-third, uh, it actually is a little bit more than that, 34% of employees would rather quit or switch teams than voice their true concerns with management. Okay, I'm going to say that again. A third of your employees, I want you to think about this in your company right now, a third of your employees would rather quit or switch teams, which means you've got a lot of work to do when it comes to them leaving, would rather leave the job than voice their true concerns with management. Wow, Julie, like that is a major contributing factor to this thing we see with the great resignation. You know, what what are we doing? Like, what should we be doing? It boils down to, I think, a lot of things, but I think some of it is we're not training managers to recognize when employees are about to leave or to recognize when employees have something to say, but they aren't saying it. Managers have to look at employee behavior. And you may have an employee who shows up to work on time all the time and is just a, a model employee. And then all of a sudden something changes. Yep. Managers have to be in tune with their employees. And that starts with having one-on-one meetings and getting to know the employee on a personal level. Would you agree? Yeah, that's that's spot on. I was thinking about like there's tech out there that's going to help predict these things. And if 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 you don't have that, just do some research, right? There's tech that will help predict flight risks, right? It really makes me wonder, though, one, do do people care enough about the people that are surrounding them to, to learn what you just said? Two, do they understand what active listening means? You know, three, we always talk about asking the right questions. I don't think you always have to ask the right questions. I think you have to ask questions to engage somebody so they feel as though they can trust you to further the conversation, right? And then the last piece for this to me is our managers just so bogged down or our employees so bogged down with tasks that don't allow us to recognize the people and their situations. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, Sure. I think think another question that we have to ask ourselves is if employees don't feel like they're being heard, what are the actual actions that we are not taking? Mm. I think think there's a lot of different things that we can do uh, in terms of actions to take to improve this. Mm -hmm. I think of things like exit interviews. We do them all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are people leaving? Uh, taking the time to do exit interviews. But let me let me challenge you all, all of you with this. What about stay interviews? So when I say stay That's interviews, good. I yeah, I mean, what about the employees who are currently working for you? Asking them questions. What's keeping you here? Mm-hmm. What do you like about working here? Yeah. What gets you up every day to come and work for this company? Absolutely. Are you thriving? You know, if you are thriving, tell us why. What are you doing that's different than maybe some of the people that have left, right? I think what you're getting at, Julie, is we compare the two, right? Like we compare the two answers. 
I, I think that's I think that's so spot on because I it goes to that concept of you do your one-on-one meetings. And if you do it regularly, again, it goes back to trust episode one, right? We talked about trust, but we continue to develop that rapport and, and I'll, I'll brag on our manager real quick, Teresa, who is so in tune with what's going on with us that she knows when we have a bad day. Right? She does. Yes. She, she knows. And I'm just like, Teresa, you know, are, are you analyzing me all the time? Like, is there some, you know, but she is so good about that, but she's also so good about saying, Hey, look, like if, what do you need to thrive? What yeah, do but you it's, need- it's cause she cares, Chaz. <laughs> It's, My point. It, it, so one-on-ones are yeah. only as good as those that, that actually care, right? So mm-hmm. it's a really, really good concept that it's not just a one-on-one, but but making sure that you make it a point in that specific setting to say, hey, look, I want to know about you and what keeps you here. And then let's talk about whether it's development or let's talk about strategy to build the rest of the team up. So you're creating this autonomy just by asking questions. It's It's incredible. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it really is simplistic when it when you boil down to it. I think something else that we need to make sure that we're doing is really conveying the why to folks. That's why right. why why are you working for us? What you're doing makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Here's why it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. No matter how I don't want to say trivial, but no matter how small or part-time person or maybe somebody who just comes in a few hours a week, Everybody has a has a role to play. So. That's right. That's right. And then the last piece of this too is is for the charge of the great resignation. If people are leaving, and and it's part of this reevaluating the life's purpose, right? We've seen the stats. It's about forty percent of your of your people that will leave because they want to do something different. COVID brought on a new element. They're like, man, I don't want to do this job anymore. Okay, we get it. If people are leaving and you've done all of the things that we've talked about and you're just like, man, we're never going to get ahead of this, I'm going to challenge you to just simply say, cheer them on, right? Cheer them on and say, we wish you the best. Uh, There's a really good chance that they may be a boomerang. They may move uh, to another position and it's not going to go well. But one of the things that we always say is encourage them if they're leaving and wish them the best, because that is going to make a memory in their mind that, man, should I, should I really be leaving? Yeah. This really is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think Chaz, uh, on that note, we need to probably wrap it up here. I think we could talk about this subject for hours on end. <laughs> I just get so excited with new data, right? So, so Julie, yeah. today we found our purpose in what? Uh, I think we need to make sure that we don't just ask for feedback for the sake of having the feedback. Listen to what I'm about to say and really take it to heart. Feedback that you get as an employer from your employees is currency. Mm. You can use that feedback and really, really make actionable changes. Mm-hmm. That's right. We also have to remember that when we talk about communication, going back to what you said, Julie, although speech comes to mind first when it comes to communicating, actively listening is equally, if not more important. Ask, 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 then tell. Yes, yes. And I will work on my active listening. And <laughs> I think the other thing is uh, before you actually ask your employees for feedback, have an action plan. You may know what the feedback is going to be. You may not know what the feedback is going to be, but you really should do your due due diligence 
so that Hard people under, yeah i know so that <laughs> he, i just i'm going to use my words so that people understand what the overarching goal is you're trying to achieve be, from asking for that feedback i That's think right. that you know you can really help your organization by asking the right questions and then using those the answers to those questions to actually take action because as our survey shows Folks don't feel like their feedback is being utilized in in a, in a good way That's right. <laughs> or at all. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Julie, for that. Hey, y'all, that wraps us up. Just a few reminders before we leave. As always, be sure to subscribe, like, and make sure you're using the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out this new research and the latest blogs over at the workforceinstitute.org. Hey, we appreciate y'all. Thank you again. We'll see you soon. Bye. Hello.